Well, good afternoon and welcome to Cosmosis here on Radio Free Nashville. Have a very special treat for you today. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a tapers underground, kind of a tape trading underground back in the late 80s and 90s as well. And our guest today was one of the, I would, I, as far as I can tell, one of the more prolific artists in that tape trading underground. His name is Russ Stedman. He is out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he's had a lot of releases. You can find all of his music on RussStedman.com. And let's start the interview. Tell me, um, what what got you started in music? What uh, what were your what's your earliest memories of actually enjoying music and deciding you wanted to play music? Um. Well, enjoying music, uh, I started listening to Kiss when I was seven years old, which is kind of precocious, but, um, you know, the neighborhood kids were into it, so (laughs) I just kind of uh, picked it up uh, from them, and, you know, when you're seven years old, uh, there's no better band to be into than one that, you know, look like monsters and breathe fire and stuff, so... So that was kind of what got me into buying records. And, uh, um, new, you know, as far as playing music goes, um, when I, my first, uh, first, uh, inkling of wanting to play music was, uh, actually not guitar. It was, uh, banjo. <laughs> I did not know I that. Had, wow. Yeah. And, uh, that was because, uh, another one of my, Big heroes when I was a kid was Steve Martin uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live and stuff. So um, I thought he was cool and funny, and I wanted to play the band. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, uh, (laughs) so uh, we, my mom took me to the to the the music shop and told them that uh, I wanted to take banjo lessons, and they said, "Well." That's kind of odd. Um, you should probably start with the guitar first before you try to play banjo. Wow. So, um, so that's what I did. Wow, <laughs> that's a good story. I didn't know that. <laughs> did you know Steve Martin just put out a banjo album like recently? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I haven't heard it. But, oh, uh, I, was, I figured you'd be right first in line at midnight to pick that one up, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, I tell you what, um, from Kiss, uh, for, and from Steve Martin and the banjo. Um, you, did you go ahead and take guitar lessons, or did you kind of learn by ear a little of both, or how did that work out for you? Um, I took a few lessons, yeah. I mean, they, you know, tried starting me out with the Mel Bay book. and Ah, the evil you know, Mel Bay. <laughs> <laughs> learning how to pick out the melodies to uh, Down in the Valley and stuff like that, and um, that didn't last very long, and uh, really started actually trying to write and and record music before I even really knew how to play guitar very well. Um, this uh, friend of mine, uh, who you know by the name of Mike Myers, mm-hmm. um, him and I started out um, recording our own songs, uh, absurdly enough, um, as early as um, like 14 years old. This would have been the early 80s, and uh, we were um, uh, newly, uh, we had just figured out to the Beatles and thought they were really cool and figured that uh, we should um, start recording our own songs like the Beatles did, so so we did. 
Did you guys do it live, or what, did you guys do the old ping pong thing? One recorder do another recorder. How did how did, how did that work out? Yeah, we did. Uh, we we yeah, pretty much went back and forth between two tape recorders. Yeah, um, and um, I'm actually in the process of remastering some of that stuff right now, and it. Uh, there's really no way to uh, make it sound all that listenable, considering <laughs> how horrible it starts out. But, sure. but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up on the website anyway because it's uh, the first stuff I ever did. So. Went down to 
the swap meet to buy some KISS records and have them injected underneath their skin, underneath their skin. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts with Sun Rock Pop-Tarts down at the 7th Street Entry. They're hanging on a shoe tree underneath my skin, underneath my skin. I'm in a harsh sound booth listening to Sonic Youth. Pink Floyd and Red Cross Faith No More Red Hot Underneath my skin Underneath my skin An eyeball An eyeball Just an egg with a pupil And that's all I retreat now I retreat now Time to eat cheeseburgers and how Underneath my skin Underneath my skin Alice, Carol, Leo, Jane, Reed, Dana, Dale, Basil, Ray, Penny, Lana, Dave, Denny, Lena, Ida, Bernadette, Ben, Ray, Lila, Nina, Joe, Ira, Mara, Sarah, Mario, Jan, Ida, Lila, Arnie, Betty, Dan, Reba, Diane, Lena, Ed, Eva, Dana, Lynn, Pearl, Isabel, Ada, Ned, D, Renee, Joel, Laura, Cecil, Aaron, Flora, Tina, Arden, Noel, and Ellen. Send. Back of my 
Before that, Underneath My Skin and Right With Me from our interview subject today, Russ Stedman out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Were you in a lot of bands growing up? Um, well, I was. Uh, that was kind of my first band, me and Mike. Um, uh, we moved on from that to uh, getting a bass player and starting a cover band that... Uh, um, we were, you know, pretty horrible, but, <laughs> and we never, you know, we never played anywhere because we were like 15 years old, but, um, you know, we did, um, the, the tunes of the day, we did a lot of, uh, uh, ZZ Top, Eliminator, and, uh, Def Leppard, and, uh, Quiet Riot, and things like that, mm-hmm. so, um, that was the next band, um, really didn't, do an original music band until uh, I was about 17, and Mike and I uh, started another band called uh, Teenage Slots together, and uh, that was all original music. That was kind of more of a punk rock band, and uh, we we played a couple of shows in in uh, not in not in our hometown, but in surrounding areas, and uh, it was it was pretty good. Okay. And Brett, what, when did you start doing, um, at some point in the eighties, you really extensively got into home recording. Um, around what time did that start and, uh, what, what kind of equipment did you have starting out? Um, that was, uh, I, I pretty much continued doing that, uh, all, all along the way, uh, you know, starting with the, the, uh, early stuff with Mike and then, um, kind of just, when he got tired of doing it, just uh, started doing it on my own. And, uh, um, I bought my first four track in about, uh, 87. And, uh, that was, uh, Cascam Porter one, bought it for $500 that I, uh, made playing in another cover band. So there was a, a purpose to, uh, playing, uh, Brian Adams in, uh, Alabama every weekend. Um, that turned out good cause I got the four track and, uh, I recorded on the four track for oh let's see it was about ninety five and I moved up to an eight track and uh 
uh, eight-track cassette recorders. And then um, from there, um, probably a few years ago, moved into computer recording and uh, just recently uh, have started uh, using Pro Tools uh, within the past uh, year here or so.
Must be mad, and the radio is melting. Two songs from our interview subject today: Russ Stedman. Uh, musically, now we're, we're we're still back in uh, about 1987 when you start when you got your first four track. Uh, musically, obviously, I, I can't imagine you were sitting around listening to Brian Adams in Alabama all the time um, on your own time. Uh, <laughs> so, what, what your your tastes? Uh, I would guess progressed. Um, you're still into Kiss. What other kind of stuff? Uh, what stuff did you kind of get into in high school and all that? 
Um, mid high school period was uh, when I discovered punk rock. Basically, um, kind of cliche, but uh, bought the Sex Pistols album and loved it. And uh, from there, I got into Husker uh, Du and uh, Black Flag and the Butthole Surfers and the Dead Kennedys. Just all the stuff that was happening at that time and. Uh, um, you know, I'm sure that uh, that started reflecting in the stuff I was doing, and uh, um, you know, also was a huge Devo fan all all through their career, or most of it anyway. And uh, um, Frank Zappa, um, major influence, number one for me, I guess. I gigantic Frank Zappa freak. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, those are some of the kind of things I was listening to around then, I guess. Now, we grew up in the same town, Mitchell, South Dakota, 15,000 people, kind of out uh, in the middle of nowhere. But how, growing up in the 80s, and um, how, how do you get into people like Husker Du and, um, you know, Devo besides Whippet and Frank Zappa? Growing up in a town like this where you're not going to hear it on the radio. This is back, I think people sometimes lose, lose sight of the fact, this is before you had YouTube. This is before you had Internet. This is when basically the only outlet besides live music would be radio. Um, MTV had just started you know and uh how did you how did you find some of these bands um well you know back then you you just kind of uh you read a lot of magazines and uh you um went to the record store a lot and and you know just looked at every single record that was there and uh <laughs> just um you know it was uh, yeah it was it was um you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I picked up from a friend of mine uh, who lived up in Huron, which is another South Dakota town near Mitchell. Um, he was uh, into a lot of stuff, and he would go up to uh, Minneapolis a lot and bring stuff back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was life before the internet, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move forward into your approach to um, writing and recording. Um, how? How do you approach songwriting? Um, do you do, is it a music first thing? Do you do a lot of notation? Um, tell me a little bit about your approach to songwriting in general and how that's changed over the years, maybe. Um, well, uh, it has changed quite a bit over the years. I mean, originally, I think ooh, it was basically a, you know, a chord progression and some, some lyrics and, uh, um, you know, as far as the whole music or lyrics thing, I guess I've, you know, done it both ways. And, uh, I guess these days, um, it's more of a, a music first kind of a thing. In fact, um, a lot of the stuff I've done over the past two or three years, is I've done a lot of instrumental stuff. So I've, um, you know, kind of run out of things to say for a while, I guess, or it happens to everybody, but, um. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, what about the recording side of things? Um, is a lot of your stuff one man band stuff where you're, you're in control of everything? Do you bring any outside people in? Uh, how does that work? Oh, I've done pretty much, pretty much every way you can do it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, I really have done a lot of stuff over the years and, uh, some of it has been, with full bands, some of it has been with one other person. The uh, majority of it's just been by myself. Um, I find uh, recording by myself probably the most satisfying, and uh, that's because um, 
you know, you don't have to listen to what anybody else wants to do, basically. Sure. Right, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, what do you look for in music that you listen to yourself? What what, what kinds of things in music um, do you enjoy? Are there certain uh, rhythm, harmony, uh, lyrics? Um, I like music that... Um, a lot of the music I like is something that makes me laugh these days. I mean... Um, it has to have some type of humor element or or at least tongue in cheek you know um i you know i really haven't listened to a whole lot of new music over the past few years um i was working in a record store for a while and and got exposed to pretty much everything that came along and um a lot of it just i don't know if i'm just getting old or what but i think it happens to everybody after a while you just start listening to the things that you enjoyed when you were younger. Yeah, definitely. I I think that does happen to everybody. Yeah. And the whole humor thing. So you see, do you see music more as, uh, it should be you not taken so seriously. Should it be more of an entertaining medium than, uh, than a lot of people take it as? Um, well, no, I mean, that's, that's good for me. I mean, if someone else wants to be serious about it, that's, that's fine for them. I mean, I've written plenty of music that was, uh, serious to the point of being depressing but um i've i guess i've grown out of that over the years and and since i'm just doing this for basically my own amusement um i might it might as well be amusing to me right sure. <laughs> because uh, i'm i'm not uh, i'm not uh, look, doing this to uh try to make a living off of it or or uh demo for a label or anything i'm i'm doing it for my own amusement and if you know, if if someone else happens to find it amusing along the way too, then that's great. Sure. Okay. I've been following. I've been following what you've been doing musically for you know, you know, about twenty years now, almost twenty years. And um, I note I noticed that there is at least at least when you were starting out, there was what was called kind of a taper underground, a home home taping underground. Does that still exist now? Um. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I'm not uh, as much of a part of it anymore than I used to be. I mean, obviously it doesn't exist uh, on cassette anymore like it used to because, it, I mean, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to, to find a cassette anymore. I can't remember the last time I've seen one in the store, you know, like a blank cassette. But, you know, CDs, um, you know, burn CDs and stuff, and people do pretty much do it on the Internet now. And, I, you know, it's a lot different than it used to be. It was, uh, it was a lot more... Um, it seemed a lot more personal uh, pre-internet when you were getting packages from people with cassettes in them and uh, handwritten letters and all kinds of uh, funky artwork and stuff. And and now it's, uh, you know, the internet's great, but sometimes it's pretty impersonal and it's kind of a, you know, take it or leave it kind of a, a thing. You know, if someone sends you an email telling you that they just uploaded their new MP3 uh you don't. I don't know. I don't. You don't feel as uh, obligated to go and listen to it as you would if they took the time to uh, put a package together and handwrite you a letter and send it to you in the mail with postage and everything. So, um, it's. Um, I think the internet is is kind of lacking in that regard, but um, sure. yeah. people still do it. Okay. Um, you've had your stuff reviewed by quite a, a, a pretty wide array of. of uh, people in a wide array of places. What review, did you used to read your reviews? 
Did I read them? Did you? Have, yeah. Did you ever go through and and some of these? Because uh, some of these these uh, you you used to have, if I recall correctly, like taping magazines that were kind of underground that were passed around and shared and stuff like that. And and I, I'd seen your stuff reviewed in some of those. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, I you know, if if someone if if one of those magazines was reviewing something that I did, the, the reason they were reviewing it is because I sent it to them. So, so yeah, generally I would uh, you know, uh, the magazines that used to do that back in the day would uh, you know they would usually be kind and send you a, a free copy of the magazine if they were going to review something. So yeah, I mean, and I I I enjoyed them all. I mean, I especially enjoyed the the reviews where people hated the stuff because it was. <laughs> I've always had kind of a self-deprecating uh, sense of humor, so to be able to, uh, you know, do some kind of a cheesy promo package and, and use review quotes, but use quotes from the really bad reviews, I always thought that was kind of funny. That's that's funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, tell me about tell me a little bit about Zappa. He's he's you said he was influence number one for you. How did you get into him? Um, what what I mean he and he's had. You know, he had such a, a, a wide uh, variety of styles and all that. What, what kind of, what, how did you get into him? Uh, and what, what of his stuff do you enjoy the most? Um, how I got into Frank Zappa, I guess, was um, the first time I ever heard of him was actually saw him on television, believe it or not, back in the days uh, around the oh, early 80s. Uh, there used to be this show on the USA network at night called Night Flight and uh they showed some uh, some Zappa concert footage and thought it was pretty, you know, funny and interesting stuff and uh when I was um on a family vacation to the West Coast I picked up uh, one of his albums and uh dug it a lot and uh just uh, started buying more and more of them and uh once you get the whole set, uh, it's it's even more fun because there's all kinds of little conceptual continuity things that run as a thread throughout his entire body of work that uh, are a lot of fun to, uh, and it makes it more fun to listen to. And uh, I, I mean, he's an excellent, uh, excellent musician, excellent composer, excellent humorist. Uh, pretty much, I mean, if I couldn't, listen to any other music again if i had to pick one artist it would be him because i uh he he pretty much does it all yeah definitely have you tried to do that con- uh, continual uh con- concept through yours at all through your music um I, occasionally i mean not uh not as consciously as frank did but i mean if you were to uh, listen to all of my recordings in a row. You might notice uh, a few things popping up here and there that that uh, that you know refer back to other songs or albums or things like that. So yeah, I've got a little bit of it in there. Okay. Speaking of which, um, where can people find your music if they're they're interested in hearing it? All of my uh, pretty much everything I've ever recorded at this point is is up on my website for for download uh, for free. So um, if Anyone who's interested in hearing any of it, it's there. It's uh, russsteadman.com. It's uh, um, and my name, my last name is uh, Sans the extra A, like the cartoonist. So it's not S T E A D. It's just S T E D. So yeah, Russ R U S S S T E D M A N dot com. And um, I believe there's probably about seventy or eighty different recordings that I've 
created um, between 1982 and the present that are are now uh, all recently freshly remastered and up there available for free download. So if you're interested, there you go.
another bar, another crew, another tube of super glue, another rack of greasy ribs, another six of Mr. Pimp. I bite my lip and close my eyes and dread the ultimate surprise. Rock and Roll, Eugene V. Debs, and The Hall. Three tracks from our interview subject today. Russ Stedman, currently working on any projects besides remastering the older stuff? Um, well, that's what I'm just finishing up with now. In fact, just this week I'm put, putting the last uh, bits of that up there. And uh, so now I guess I'm going to have to teach myself how to use Pro Tools at this point. So that'll be the next one. <laughs> okay. Um one other thing I was going to touch upon, Jason Scott actually forwarded me a story, and I don't remember what the song title is, but um, do you know what story I'm talking about, about one of your songs being on, uh, oh, God, what album was that? You know what I'm talking about, too. Oh, shoot. Oh, is this the uh, the, the Star Trek thing? Is that what you're yes, talking about? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Tell me that story, because <laughs> he forwarded that to me. I thought that was awesome. What? Go, tell me that whole that whole story. That's great stuff. Sure. Well, I, uh, back in, let's see, about 89 or so, I uh, wrote a song called uh, If I Was a Carpenter. And uh, the title of that song is, uh, you know, a takeoff on the uh, Tim Harden classic, If I Were a Carpenter. <laughs> um, 
So I, you know, I just kind of switched it up a little bit to, to avoid confusion between the two songs. Um, so recently I was uh, searching for my name on Google, which is, uh, you know, one of those uh, things that everyone does from time to time, I'm sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I found this uh, album of uh, recordings by Leonard Nimoy and uh, William Shatner. And, uh, you know, the, both of those guys did some, you know, hokey pop albums back in the late 60s and early 70s, and this was kind of a compilation of those. Uh, anyway, so Leonard Nimoy had recorded a version of uh, If I Were a Carpenter, and uh, on the artwork for this particular uh, compilation, um, they credited that song to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so basically what happened is uh, I had registered the song with BMI, uh, the... the uh, organization that uh, pays people royalties for radio play and stuff like that. Uh, whoever put this compilation together uh, accidentally searched for the song title If I Was a Carpenter, which was mine, <laughs> instead of searching for the correct title If I Were a Carpenter. So they ended up with my BMI listing and, and based their artwork on that fact. So, wow. so henceforth, uh, apparently I composed a song that Leonard Nimoy recorded a year before I was born. That's good stuff. I like that. That's a great story. That's one of the best stories I think I've ever heard. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, wow. Um, I, I know what I was going to ask you, too. Cover songs. You, you've recorded some cover songs. Um, I know uh, off the top of my head, I remember you, got, you, you did a version of Baker Street. Uh, I know you've done Dedicated Follower Fashion. You interspersed two classics, Beat It and Walking on the Moon. Uh, yep. yep. Tell me, how do you choose the cover songs? Is it uh, because you like them or don't like them? Uh, both. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably more fun to do something that you don't like so you can just destroy it. Um, you know, I got that from listening to The Residents, another big influence of mine. Um, their third rock and roll album is, uh, you know, destruction of, of 60s classics. Um, but yeah, I mean, covers, I don't know, it, it's, it's usually pretty spontaneous. Um, a lot of times I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to record this song. Not a lot of thought goes into it ahead of time, I guess.
Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street, Russ Stedman, our interview subject here on Cosmosis this afternoon. And again, the website, www.russstedman.com. There you can find pretty much everything Russ has recorded, right? Um, yeah, people can, like I said, check out the website. There's 25-plus uh, years of my recordings on there for free downloads. So um, if you're looking for something uh, ridiculous to uh, amuse yourself with and, and it's uh, free, then uh, check it out. Anybody that wants it can have it anytime they want. Cool. Excellent. Russ, thanks so much, man. Cigarettes and iced tea Both appear very good to me Warm water for a hot bath A nice night A good laugh I'm so very glad you could stay I'm so glad you didn't go away Cigarettes and iced tea Make things the way they should be Of the county fair, hot dog 
dogs with sauerkraut Isn't that what living is all about? I'm so very glad you are here I'm so very glad you're so near Cupid dolls with plastic hair Make this a jolly affair
The gems, that's what they put erasers on pencils for. And Tommy Tucker before that, kicking off our number two of Cosmosis with high heel sneakers. You are listening to Cosmosis on Radio Free Nashville. We have a website for this show. It's radiocosmosis.com. At our site, you can check out all the playlists since the very beginning of the show. You can also check out an audio archive, which will play about the last uh, 10 to 12 shows. That's at radiocosmosis.com. Right now, Kelly Willis, What I Deserve on Cosmosis.
His taillights flickered as he pulled up to the truck stop. The same old crowd was hanging out again tonight. He said, fill up my tank while I go check my load. It feels like it's shifting all around. He was the kind of man do all he could above all he had integrity. Ten city run in love with a truck stop girl. As he went inside, he was merrily greeted by the girl with who he was in love. She held out a glass and said, Have another. This is the last time we can be.
single boys can roam, but it takes a married man, boys, to sing. Worried song, married man, worried song. Once he used to ramble, I sung a single song. Now I'm married, boys, I had to change my tune, and a married man, he sings a worried song. I was rough and I was rowdy when I led a single life, but I got to take it easy and I got myself a wife and a married man. I'm singing a word song. Got six kids to feed and educate. It's really got me thinking. Not a nickel on this place, my married man. I'm singing a word song. I am very happy married, and I got to save my dough. We got six children, expecting several more. It's a married man, worried song. Yes, we got six little children, expecting several more. Kids run out like cattle when you open up the door. I'm a married man, I'm singing a worried song. Yes, you single boys can ramble and lead a rowdy life. You'll have to take it easy when you get yourself a wife. You'll be singing a word song. You'll have a flock of children and others coming on. It takes a married man, boys, sing a word song. A married man, I know a word song. Woody Guthrie, it takes a married man to sing a worried song before that Nashville's own Laura Cantrell and Don't Break the Heart. Little Feet, Truck Stop Girl, and Kelly Willis, What I Deserve. This is Cosmosis here on Radio Free Nashville, streamed on the net at RadioFreeNashville.org, and you can check out this show in the archives at RadioCosmosis.com. We're going to take a little time out. When we come back, we're going to jazz things up a bit. The Lester Young Trio next on Cosmosis. I heard about this company dumping toxins in local rivers, and I called their executives to say stop. But I never got through to anyone except secretary after secretary. In the meantime, the rivers are being destroyed, birds and fish are dying, and the local kids are getting sick with cancer. So I organized a huge protest, and we actually got the company shut down. And everyone starts celebrating until we realize that half the town's now unemployed. The welfare offices can barely handle the overload. People are being kicked out of their homes, and to top it all off, the rivers are still contaminated. The birds and fish are still dying, and most of the kids with cancer are twice as sick because they can't get the health care they need since their parents lost the health insurance they had when they worked for the company that dumped all the toxins in the first place. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. And just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Girls talk about and big boys listen to Cosmosis on WRFN, Nashville. Thank <laughs> you. 
out there on front, Lionel Hampton on Vibes on 1947's Mingus Fingers. Before that, Sonny Rollins, Summertime. That's Coleman Hawkins playing the other tenor sax. And the Lester Young Trio from 1946. Check out this lineup. Lester Young on tenor sax, Nat King Cole on piano, Buddy Rich on drums. Good stuff there. I found a new baby. You know, Radio Free Nashville could use your help to find out how to help us out. Go to RadioFreeNashville.org. There's lots of things you can do to help us out. You can earmark funds for our expansion. You can give a monthly subscription. You can adopt a bill. You can make a workplace donation designated to the radio station through community shares. Also, you can purchase merchandise at our online store, maybe a hat or a coffee cup, or you can become an underwriter. All of that information at RadioFreeNashville.org, or you can contact Ginny at RadioFreeNashville.org to find out how you can help us out. Right now, it's Al Green. I'm glad you're mine on Cosmosis Radio Free Nashville.
The Black Crows from the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion with No Speak, No Slave. Before that, the Flaming Lips from the Soft Bulletin, A Spoonful Weighs a Ton. A Stevie Wonder from Music of My Mind, 1972, I Love Every Little Thing About You. A.D. Gray, A Better Way from her album Brand New Old Time Music. The Beatles from Rubber Soul, You Won't See Me. And Al Green, that great high record sound, Memphis Soul, I'm Glad You're Mine on Cosmosis Radio Free Nashville. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget about the websites, RadioFreeNashville.org for the station, RadioCosmosis.com for the show. Stick around. Dave Wheel, Pop Top on the way. I don't really need to say any more, but I will. A great show. He has a great lineup every week, and I look forward to hearing it myself. So stick around. Dave Wheel, Pop Top on the way next. Thanks again for listening. Have any questions, DJ at RadioCosmosis.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And I was gripped by that deadly phantom. I followed him through the hard jungles as he stalked through the back lots, strangling through the night chains. Oh, the of life move upon and outwards to love. In a one-stop only motel, the storm bangs on the cheapest room, the phantom. Slips in to spill blood even on the sweetest honeymoon. Oh, the killer of love for the lost name. Niagara Falls. By chance or escaping from misery. By suddenness or in answer. Smoking in the dark cinema I see the bad go down again And the clouds are high in Spanish mountains And the ford roars through the night full of rain Blood flows, but he knows he's comes again. Make a grown man cry like a girl to see the guns dying at sunset.